there is confidence in knowing that you control the narrative, that you are writing the script and you are orchestrating your dreams versus feeling like someone else is in the driver's seat. Midlife Ladies. This is the Dear Midlife Podcast. Unapologetic girl talk that will help you remember who you are and figure out who in the hell you want to become. I'm Shelby Bybee, karaoke party queen, single mom, and an extrovert to a fault. And I'm Trinity Greenfield, a wild-haired woman full of sass, sparkle, and a heavy dose of black girl magic. So grab a glass and let's dive into the messy middle. Trinity, I want us to stop for a moment, just a moment, and reflect on and celebrate a major milestone. I am a fan of celebrations. I'm a fan of celebrations. What are we celebrating? Yes, girl. Today, we are releasing our 100th episode. Are you serious? Girl, if you think about it, Dear Midlife launched on Valentine's Day of 2022. And Mm -hmm. we have been consistent in releasing one episode every week for almost two full years. Wow. I know. I wish we were like together to celebrate and toast this major milestone. Me too. Clink, 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 clink. (laughs) (laughs) Man, Shelby, that is incredible. Hmm. And you know, As I think about it today, we celebrate and we honor the women that we actually were when we first started. And we honor the women that we have become. This has been such a journey for us. I know it's been for me. And it's kind of fun to think about reflecting on the growth that you and I have both experienced since the beginning Mm -hmm. of our show. Yeah. And as I think about the guests, all of the beautiful guests that we have oh, had, yeah, each one has touched us in such unique and special ways. And we have learned so many tips, tricks, oh, tools, yes, right? So oh, many yes. beautiful things that have been offered by each yeah. to our hearts from their hearts. Yeah. And we have both evolved a great deal. And I think that's my biggest celebration is our evolution, both individually and our evolution together over the past couple of years. Yeah. And you know, one particularly special guest who has made an impact on us is our dear friend, Heather Hope Wazinski, because you see, she was our very first guest. She was our number one homie, (laughs) our day one. Yes. And Heather is amazing. Four years ago, after celebrating her 40th birthday, she looked in the mirror and noticed how, as we all do, our bodies had changed after years of pregnancy, corporate stress, nursing, and sleep deprivation. Mm. And, uh, you know, she noticed that she now had bags under her eyes, as she stated herself, and was attempting Mm. this DIY closet makeover when the franchise House of Color found her. And now, as her own franchise owner of House of Color, she gets the opportunity to empower and inspire women daily to see themselves in a new light. 
I love the work that she does and yeah. how she really helps to cultivate confidence in women through a color and style analysis. And you know what, ladies, we can control the message that we convey through our nonverbal communication and the way we show up. We really can. Cause you know, bitch, when you look good, you feel good, right? Heather, she helps her clients develop their own authentic style and elevate that personal brand with some intention behind it. You don't have to like get up and throw on the first thing that is on the floor wrinkled up like I do. (laughs) Don't be me, girls. Don't be me. (laughs) But listen to the words that Heather shares with us where she is able to help each of us understand our personal color palette, the styles that suit us, how, how we can show up with intention, I think is the big key word there. And I love that. I love it too. And, and one of the things I love most about her process is that she helps you to rediscover your own personal, authentic beauty. Mm. It's not about looking like everyone else. It's not about fitting the mold. It's not about covering your face with a mask. It's about showing up in your own authenticity. And every one of us is beautiful in our own special and unique way. And Heather helps us to uncover that natural beauty and appearance and step into our light with confidence and with grace. You don't have to hide behind a lot of makeup again. You don't have to fade into invisible with age because I know that's how a lot of us women in midlife feel that we're just invisible now. But instead, what you can do is take the tools that Heather offers you to stand out as your most unique and beautiful self. So today, ladies, we speak with Heather about her own entrepreneurial journey and how she's personally evolved and how she's professionally evolved herself. And girl, let me tell you, Heather stepped into a new life chapter after 40, and she has changed thousands of people's lives in doing so. So here's my question to you. What is your next chapter? You know, here at at Dear Midlife, we want to give you the tools to grow and evolve because baby girl, this is our time. Mm -hmm. The second half of your life is just beginning. How are you going to live it? If you want to do more, if you want to be more, join us. Follow our show so you never miss an episode and join our community on Facebook. I want you also to stay tuned because there's some stuff that Shelby and I are bringing to you in the coming weeks to kick off 2024 in a bang. Hmm, In a bang, maybe with a bang. With a bang. (laughs) With a bang. But I wouldn't mind if we also did it in a bang. (laughs) Bang, bang. I wouldn't mind if I got banged. How about that? (laughs) So ladies, bring it, bring it without (laughs) further ado, let's bang on into this hundredth episode, kick it into high gear with Heather Hope Wazinski. Heather, thank you so much for being here. Oh, it's a pleasure. It's so wonderful to be back and to be helping you all with this milestone, the the growth that you've had, how you've evolved as podcast hosts. I've been with you in terms of these steps in this journey, and it's really fun to see and to be back. You've been with us since day one. You're you're our day one main one, girl. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, you are 
very first podcast interview. And that interview published on February 14th of 2022. Yes. So it's been a long journey. And, you know, it is our aim with this podcast. Here I'm already getting choked up. See, I oh, thought I could make it through We that were party. wondering where the tears were the last couple of episodes. Welcome <laughs> back come, to the party, my little wet friends. Squeaky mouse. Um, Squeaky girl. But I'm so excited to have you back because our goal is to ah, help women navigate this new chapter of their lives with <laughs> humor, not tears. And Without tears. <laughs> but if tears are authentic to you, then tears please let them fall. Right. But I also want to focus on this chapter that you have started in your life four years ago and have continued to grow into. And so I want to learn a little bit more and I want our listener to learn a little bit more about your business and how you feel like launching this franchise has helped you to live more authentically. So it's been four years since I launched this franchise and was fired for cause. It blew my ego. It was probably the most challenging professional chapter I've had in my Mm. 20 plus years as a career woman. And I, at the same time, was launching this franchise that's all about building others' confidence and helping them find the tools to feel visible, to feel authentic, to use and control the narrative so that they Mm -hmm. could look at the clothing in their closet, the colors that were the best for them, the styles that were most cohesive and communicative for them, and stepping into their light, typically at a juncture in their life where they were reassessing where they were, who they wanted to be, and getting new tools and sharpening Mm -hmm. those tools. And so it was just so interesting for me to go through that process of really having my personal confidence rocked. And then at the Mm -hmm. same time, be trying to pour that confidence into my clients. Um, so it's it's been interesting to see my journey, but the work that I do is very, it remains steady, remains consistent. Um, I think I've stepped into it over time, like you ladies have with the podcast, with feeling more confident myself, yeah. with stepping into being willing to try new things, being willing to make some mistakes, willing to be humbled, being willing to maybe not be so good at things at the beginning mm-hmm. and learn along the way uh, along with my clients. And so it, it's been a fun We have to do that, right? I mean, if we continue to always like, oh, I've got to wait until everything is perfect and in perfect order before I step into my life, honey, girl, baby, you will never step into your damn life. No, it's never going to happen. I mean, think about it. We somehow start to put these guardrails in place around ourselves that prevent us from taking risks, from trying new things. And it's so interesting because even though I'm in my mid forties, late forties now pushing 50, my kids are still elementary age and they are very much able to take those steps to try new things, to be terrible at something. At the beginning, we all have to start from somewhere. But I think as we age, we lose 
use that ability to try something new and do it just for the joy of it or do it because we are going to improve, but we're not always going to be perfect at it out of the starting gate. We raise the bar for ourselves in a way that creates this expectation of perfection. And we don't do that for the people around us. Certainly as mothers, we don't do that for our children. We remove those barriers. We encourage them to fail. We're like, if you're not trying, you're not. Just go give it your best, tiger. We don't do that. We don't allow ourselves to do that, to try new things. I mean, think about what you've done in terms of you didn't know how to do a podcast a couple of years ago. You didn't know what, what your vibe was going to be. You didn't know how you're going to interview, how you're going to Heather, I had it. never even listened to a podcast. <laughs> I had never even listened to a podcast. And I was like, <laughs> okay, never listened to one, but sure. I got some things I could say with you. Let's do it. Yeah. So talk about, yes, start messy. and. Just start, damn it, just start something. Yeah. yeah. I would love to know, Heather, where you think you've grown the most or what is something that you've learned over the last four years since starting your franchise? Ah, I think I've grown in terms of some of the acknowledgement of what my strengths are mm. and what my weaknesses are. So yes, there's this getting better at something progressing and trying something new but then there's this real like that's not my jam like that's never going to be my jam that doesn't bring me joy that's not utilizing my strength and I'm not going to spend my time on it so for me I think it was acknowledging like I'm a creative I am a verbal I am a um, relational person doing my book and thinking about taxes and thinking about sales tax collection and filing of taxes and looking and making sure that the invoices are collected. Not my jam. So for me to say, (laughs) that is not my thing. That's not my thing. I want to learn. I'm going to outsource it. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, but you are still getting them done, right? Oh yeah. I'm getting them done. It's called called adulting, but I think (laughs) I learned like, that's not something that brings me joy. How can I get somebody else to help me in that area? Um, Some of the administrative, some of the financial stuff. Um, I still really enjoy the social media, but I have leaned into other people to give me advice on how to do it. Give me advice. You know, I like to wear that marketing hat. So that brings me joy, but I think acknowledging and realizing, yes, there's room for growth and improvement, but in some areas it's just not efficient. Like that is a deficit that weakness. That is something that's never going to be efficient to propel me forward into, into success. So who can help me with that? So I can focus on what brings me joy, where my gifts, where my skill sets are. I love that. It, it's, it's, you know, there's this principle called the 70, 30 principle where really we should be living and doing the things that bring us joy that we, we feel confident in that we feel good about 70% of our life of our day should be spent in those areas. 30% of our time can be spent in these areas that are stretching us. You know, we'll say maybe taxes were stretching you or, you know, these areas that maybe we don't feel as, as energetic afterwards because they are sucking us dry a little bit. Like there are things that I do in my day job, but I'm like, Oh, this is the 30%. Just suck it up. Greenfield. You're going to be all right. Stick through it. But if you can live in this more of a 70, 30 space, then it allows you to be who you are. You get to be more of that creative. You get to be more of that people person. And it feeds 
you energy, which enables you when you are in the 30% to continue to grow and to learn and to stretch without it feeling like it is sucking the ever living goddamn life out of Mm -hmm. you. (laughs) So I love that you have found that and you're working that, that balance ratio, it sounds like in a really healthy way. And, and I applaud you for that. I'm really curious I'm kind of stuck on this, like, you know, the fired for cause thing. I'm sorry if it feels like I'm picking a scab because maybe it's just, it's all right. I'm curious about the lesson that you learned about that, like not in that moment, but now you're four years removed. And if you were to look back now at that moment, like I'm, I feel like maybe you might see certain gifts that were imparted to you as a result of that. I'd love if you just might talk about hindsight being 2020. How do you see that situation now? You know, it's so interesting, Trinity, because I feel like it was really a betrayal. Mm -hmm. It was a gut-wrenching, blindsided, you know, seven-year working relationship Mm. with this individual. And not only was I fired, but I was fired for cause. And so those two things led me to really have to go down a path of truly processing that betrayal and coming to terms with that, that, that breaking of that trust of that expectation. And so on the one side, I had to do a lot of the work and had kind of gone through a lot of that when we last spoke. And it's an ongoing thing. Mm-hmm. On the other side, how blessed am I that I am nearly 50 and that is the most significant and really the only betrayal that I've ever experienced. Wow. A lot of people have a lot of opportunities for letdown and for betrayal throughout the course of their lives with people who are inconsistent, people who are narcissists, people who are, um, you know, out for themselves, people who hurt one another. And how fortunate am I that I have an incredibly supportive husband. I have amazing children. I have a network of girlfriends that are unbelievable and lift me up. I have colleagues around the country through this franchise that are nothing Mm. but supportive, encouraging, collaborative. I have professional relationships that come from that time of betrayal that are still intact, that are still where people know this is a pattern that this person who betrayed me had. And so I was a victim of those. Um, I was not alone in being betrayed by this individual. And so the 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 fact that I was not alone and the fact that this was one time in my life and yeah. there's other wonderful relationships and connections and opportunities that lift me up. It gives me good perspective. I think maybe in looking back at it, I learned that I needed to be pushed into the new opportunity instead of thrusting myself into this opportunity with the franchise, with business. I was straddling two worlds. I was working, you know, 80, 90% in this rolling communication strategy that then ended. I was also trying to see clients and build up this business as this franchise. I was playing it small. I was playing it safe. Mm -hmm. And so hindsight is like, why didn't I just push into it? Why did I have to be pushed into the opportunity by something that felt like out of my control? Why didn't I 
I, I've always landed on my feet. I've always right. made the best of any situation. I've always been successful to whatever measure. And I have this compounding effect, this track record of doing so, but I hesitated and I was doubtful. And I wish I would have had the ability to step into it on my own mm -hmm. without being thrust into it through someone else's decision. Yeah. I, would have succeeded. I have succeeded, but I lacked that confidence to trust myself that I could do it on my own. Yeah. I mean, so it's like the mama bird pushed you out of the nest. Now, granted, the mama bird sounds like a fucking asshole, but if you know, if you need me, <laughs> if you need me, girl, we can go egg their house. I'm down. Just call, call in, call in the reinforcements. Let's I'm still down if you're in your feelings. <laughs> Let's just say karma's a bitch and that's uh, we we can stop there, right? Her, yeah. her name was Karma. Is that what you said? Yeah, Karma's a bitch. You know what, though? I think it's so interesting to have this conversation because I think you've just articulated what really holds so many of us women back is so this true. fear of, of putting ourselves out there, of taking... And it can even be a calculated risk. You know, if you are endeavoring to start your own business, that doesn't mean you have to walk into your office tomorrow and put your, you know, stake in the ground and say, I'm walking out the door. Let's put some thought and some planning and some consideration into how I'm going to get there. And then somewhere in the future, make a thoughtful leave to step into this new endeavor. And yet I think that so many of us, do continue to play small. What do you think yeah. it is that held you back in that moment and and prevented you from stepping into your greatness? I think that sometimes there's two things. One is we don't trust ourselves. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If we could look back, we tend to look at the failures or the missteps instead of the body of work of all of the things that have gone right, that have gotten us to where we are now. So and true. if you look historically, you can usually, in a way that an outside person would look at you, they would say, here's all these examples of growth, success, forward motion, and risk-taking that was calculated, but that got you to where you are. I think we sometimes have our own self-doubt and we have our lack of trust trust of ourselves. We tend to instead, it's human nature, but we tend to instead cherry pick and look at the negatives. Well, mm -hmm. you know, out of especially as women, you mm -hmm. know, of the 10 things that I did, one of them wasn't so good. So let me focus on that one instead of the nine that were good. And so there's that lack of trust, that lack of self-trust. Yeah. I think that's really, really profound. So if you were to give advice to women who were, you know, sitting kind of where you were back four years ago, maybe straddling two worlds, considering following their path forward in a new venture. What kind of advice would you offer them knowing what you know now? I think the first would be you can control the narrative and you can control your movement forward. Much easier, hindsight being 2020, right. much easier 
to step forward in a way that you feel like you have the control. So you're able to say, this is what I'm doing. This is the risk that I'm taking. This is how I'm mitigating the risk. This is what I see at the end of this. This is my why for what I'm propelling myself forward into. And I have trust that it's going to work out versus I'm a victim. Someone did this to me and pushed me into it. And I don't feel like I've got the control. I don't feel like I can control the narrative. I can control my reaction. I can control my next steps forward. I think that there is confidence in knowing that you control the narrative, that you are writing the script and you are orchestrating your dreams versus feeling like someone else is in the driver's seat. Uh, so I think that's that's one thing that I would say. The other thing is you've heard the analogy. I think we may have spoken about it previously in a conversation. When a man is applying to a job, he'll look mm-hmm. at the description. And he'll be like, ah, I have about 50% of these qualifications putting my hat in the ring. Right. A woman, we know this, they look at it and they're like, mm, 99.9% of those qualifications, but I don't know. I'm a little hesitant. So I think that we need to have that self-trust of like, we can do this and we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have all the qualifications, but look at that body of work that's propelled us forward that can continue to propel us forward. And you're never going to have it all lined up. You're never going to have all the qualifications that you feel like you need to be successful, but you will be successful. Yes. And I think, you know, we, we just, we get scared. We get scared that we're going to step out and we're going to fail. And like, where am I going to find clients that like want what I have to offer? Are you kidding me? And I think, you know, that's like this limiting belief that so many of us struggle with every single day. But just like you said, Heather, if we would stop and take assessment of the body of work, not like how I felt last week when my house was a mess and I couldn't even get the floor mopped. But the mm-hmm. over time, the body of work of that which I have accomplished and that if you take all of those skills and that grit and that determination and the experience you've gained and you apply it in this thing that you're actually passionate about mm-hmm. that lives in your 70% space, yeah, the odds are that you really will be able to live the life of your dreams and walk in your purpose and what you are called to do and share your gifts with the world, you know? So I'm curious how you started like that, that search for clients and building your business. Was that something you were ever concerned with or were you like, no, I got this part. It's interesting. So I um, thought it was going to be easier because Mm -hmm. my background is communication, marketing, strategy, And I thought, well, I've got this. And it turns out that the work that I do is very much referral based. And it was a slow build. It was slower than I thought it would be. Um, And so it's happened over time that things have snowballed and everything has built up. And there's this momentum. There's this flow. But I definitely thought it was going to be easier than it was. So in the world that I'm in of image consulting, I can't just go to a networking event and pass out my car to be like, you could look better. (laughs) (laughs) Hey girl, I can help you with that. Right. Yeah. 
you know, project. I could help you with that. Right. So that's, that's not how I've built my business. Right. <laughs> oh my God. I love that. But, but what has built my business is someone comes, they see me, they feel like they leave with the tools to feel confident, to feel authentic, to feel beautiful. They have experienced this one-on-one interaction with me where I'm not judgy. I'm not negative. I'm very positive. I'm very encouraging, very loving, very me. And so that pouring that into my client, then they leave and they go and they wear a color they feel amazing in. They wear a lipstick that just makes them look amazing. They go shopping and they, you know, find something that feels really good to them. They wear it, they get a compliment, and they say, Oh, you should go and see Heather. She has this franchise, House of Color. She'll show you, she'll, she's got the magic. She'll share it with you. And yeah. then it snowballs yeah. from there. But it's not a going and and jumping on social media and being an right. influencer, or, nor is it handing my business card out at a networking event and being like, yeah, I could help you. <laughs> it just doesn't work that, that so way. Oh, I love no, that. but I think that's a beautiful example of how just standing in your authenticity and your purpose and just operating on a higher vibration, it acts like a magnet to attract other people to yeah. your energy. And I think it's such a powerful opportunity that you have to help women like reconnect with their own inner beauty. It's such a gift that you get the opportunity to do that. And so, you know, I think that so many of us here in midlife kind of have sort of lost ourselves mm-hmm. and forgotten who we are on the inside. I mean, we were just talking about that. We, we tend to look back and reflect on all the failures and things that we aren't instead of looking for the inner beauty and the strengths that we have. And so I would love to know what is your approach to helping women and clients connect and not just women. I know you, you also counsel men as well, but how do you help your clients reconnect to their own inner beauty and authenticity? It's a really, it's a really good question, Shelby. And it is such a gift that I'm giving these tools to use. Um, And it really does feel like a calling. It really does feel like I'm in the right place doing the right thing. Um, I think part of it is personal experience. So this is something that I found or it, it really found me when I was at one of those inflection points. And I think we go through this more than men at various ages and stages in our lives. As women, we are constantly asking ourselves, am I where I want to be? Am I um, who I want to be? Am I living a fulfilled life by design, life by orchestration? Am I wearing the hats I want to wear in terms of the roles that I have? Am I being my best self? And has whatever situation or circumstance changed the way that I engage and change my confidence and kind of rocked me, right? It mm-hmm. could be divorce. It could be young children. It could be um, change in career. It could be menopause. There's so many points as women that we go through where we're like, whoa, uh, I've lost myself. I need to level set. So I found this at a point for me when I was 40 with young children and I had lost my mojo. And so I feel like taking what I had as my experience and sharing that with people who come to me because they're at that inflection point is we can relate. 
I think oftentimes we get to a point where we're like, we, I should have this figured out. Like I am how old and I don't know how to go shopping. I am how old and I don't know how to put on lipstick. I am how old and I don't know what kind of jeans should I be wearing? Is, are we doing the trend where the, this is happening? Like I, I, I should have this figured out. And so love to meet the clients where they're at and help them have the tools to feel really good, really confident. And I think you're never too late. You're never too old. I had a woman who came in a couple of weeks ago and she sent me one of the longest texts that I've ever gotten from a client. In follow-up. She said, I've always felt like an outsider. I've always looked at women who seem to have it together. I don't know what they're doing. I don't know what their secret sauce is, but like they can go shopping without feeling sensory overload. They can make decisions without decision fatigue. They look put together. They look appropriate for the event and they're focused on other things because they've figured out how to get dressed. I always looked at people like they were part of some secret society or some club that had figured this out. And she goes, now I'm in the club. I figured (laughs) it out. And it's like, it's like life changing. Um, And so I think that giving women the permission to say, you know what? I'm at a point where I want to improve. I want to get this figured out. And you know what? I, it's okay that I don't have this figured out, but I just want to show up as my best self. And mm-hmm. so uh, that is my ideal client is someone who's like, I just, I'm open to learning new things, getting new tools. And I just want to be seen and heard and known for who I am. And I want that reset. Mm-hmm. I love that. And you know what? I think something that I find interesting in that is just being willing to embrace where yourself, where you are, right? Because I think so many women might be afraid to even reach out to you and admit and say, look, I feel like I'm an outsider. I feel like I'm not part of the club. And so I think part of it is really just, you know, being able to be honest with yourself and, you know, seek out what it is that you feel like you're missing and not being afraid it's, it's about being authentic to yourself and really just, you know, you know, admitting to yourself what it is that you feel like you're missing and needing. And and then it's so great that you happen to be there to be able to kind of hold space for that individual. What a beautiful, what a beautiful thing. Tell us a little bit. So for our listener, that's not familiar with house of color, tell us a little bit about what that process looks like. So that they, yeah. you know, or maybe what are some tips and tools that they can utilize right away to help maybe them regain some personal sense of self or authenticity? Yeah. So we don't even think about it, but when we are putting clothing on, we can be using colors that really work with us. Our undertone, our natural hair color, if we remember what that is. Um <laughs> our our eye color, our natural coloring. So colors can work for or against you. And so in a color analysis, I can help you see the colors that are the best for you to wear in clothing. And then it translates into 
to what you would wear for lipstick, for makeup, and what you would do in terms of dyeing or coloring your hair, or how you would utilize if you're going naturally silver, white, gray, how you would utilize that natural hair color and find the colors that are going to, number one, make you look most healthy. So the eyes are brighter, the cheeks have more definition, the lips look great, the skin smooths. But then second, the color is never upstaging you. The Mm -hmm. color is amplifying your beauty. So we see you in the color, but the color is like supporting cast. So the goal is to find the colors that work really well for you and see how it translates close to the face. The second part of the work that I do is about style. So we're looking at your body architecture. We're not talking about your body as a fruit. So we're not talking about pears, bananas, (laughs) apples. Right. (laughs) But And guys have this figured out um, way more than women do. We load a whole bunch of emotional things into our bodies. And so we have a hard time getting dressed. We have a hard time shopping. We have a hard time because we are very critical of ourselves. So I can step in with an outside perspective and say, ah, you're long in the torso, short in the legs. Let's help you figure out where your waistline is to lengthen those legs visually. And we can do a Jedi mind trick and make Mm -hmm. you look longer and taller. Look at this. You have a small hip to bust ratio. So I'm not going to put pockets across your natural accessories and make you look even more busty, but let's put some accentuation around the hips instead. So horizontal stripes are not your best friend if you already have those naturally accessories. So um, I am going to help you see from an outside perspective how to look at your body in a more mathematical and more architectural way versus an emotional way. And so I'm going to help Help you feel really comfortable in what you wear because it's going to reflect who you are on the inside in terms of your personality. And it's also going to honor what we see on the outside in terms of your body architecture. So when you go shopping, you'll be able to tell, do I need that ruffle? Do I need that texture? Do I need that fun, whimsical polka dot? Do I need that really geometric angular neckline? What really speaks to me and honors the inside and the outside so I can cut through all of this stuff? all of these trends, all of this overwhelm, and just be really clear about what I'm putting on my body. And the whole point of color and style is you can control the message. You can think about the narrative and how you're controlling how you connect with people, how you show up in this world by what you put on your body. And it can feel really confident, really comfortable. And I can save you a ton of time and energy in, in doing that. And so I feel like My role is to be your Sherpa so that you can get through shopping in a way that feels really helpful. You can spend less time in your closet. And what I'm doing is celebrating your beauty. I'm giving you the tools to amplify your personality, to leverage the natural coloring that you have so that you feel very visible, very beautiful, and very confident. Mm, I love that. You, you know, and I don't know if you guys are like me in this, but the area where I get really stuck is in makeup. And mm-hmm. I think, I mean, I would probably still wear wet and wild 505 if it was being sold, <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know, and, and I know like I don't keep up with number one, the trends, but number two, as we age, like things don't look the same on my skin as it used to. And yet I'm still wearing the, um, 
you know, the, the eyeshadow that is a little glittery and I'm still wearing highlighter maybe in places that I shouldn't be wearing highlighter. And, you know, God knows I plucked my eyebrows too thin, like one too many times. And it's like, how do we keep up with all of that? Um, on top of just the color, like, I'm sure that the colors that I'm still choosing are way off because back then they didn't have colors that fit my skin tone. Yeah. And so, so I'd say, yeah. So makeup and skincare are really hard. I think as we age, that skincare component becomes more important. And I'd say makeup does too, because we lose color in our lips. There's a natural fading Mm. to the color. So then that starts to make our teeth look yellow. And so having a bold lip color that harmonizes with your coloring can actually make your lips look brighter or your Mm. teeth look brighter. We we're replacing what we lose as we age in terms of some of that fading of the lip color. Um, We can put a little bit of cheek color on that's going to frame the eyes. Um, So there's a way to do makeup and we cover this in a color analysis that's really natural versus makeup as a mask, makeup as a cover up. I think that like the more we grow into ourselves, the more we age with confidence and with this desire of like, this is me, this is who I am. Less we want to use clothing as a disguise or a costume or makeup as a mask. We just want to show up authentically more raw, more beautiful, like here I am. And here's a couple of things that I've done to amplify my beauty. The the makeup that I use within the House of Color franchise, it takes me 90 seconds to put it on. Um, the, The amount of time it takes me to get dressed, like I can get dressed in less than two minutes because everything in my closet suits me. There's nothing in my closet that, does, that doesn't fit me, that feels like a costume, that I'm wondering why it's there. It's got tags on it. It doesn't play well with others. Like none of that exists in my world now. I just put my quick 90 second makeup on. I grab the clothing that coordinates and harmonizes with me, with each other, and I get on with my show. My goal is to spend less time getting ready so that then I can get out there and be doing the things I love. Yeah, I love that. So I am sitting in my closet right now, (laughs) (laughs) literally Um, looking around thinking, you know, the holidays are upon us and you're bringing new things in. It's a great opportunity to purge the old things out, but I don't really even know where to start because Mm. you you used some words um, that all of the things in your closet harmonize with each other and yeah you know (laughs) you've got like you've got like Emmett what's his name's jug town (laughs) band whatever they don't necessarily I know I've got like the yeah circus in my closet right um yeah the Barnum and Bailey circus is happening in here so definitely not suiting me or harmonizing so I'm curious to know where would I start so other than investing in color analysis in person okay. with right. of color so that you can really understand your palette. What I would recommend is red. Universal red that's neither warm nor cool, that is a true primary red, is a great color that works for everyone. Mm-hmm. We find a more nuanced specific red for you in a color analysis. However, red is fantastic. And so a true primary red, probably a chief's red for you. I love Shelby. it. 
is fantastic. It's great for the holidays as well. And it mm -hmm. happens to be one of the most trending colors right now. I'm mm. wearing red boots. I have a red top on right now. I've got a red lip. Love red. Um, it's bold. It's sensual. It is brave. And it is very festive for the holidays. So a true red is fantastic. I would also suggest that you start to think about the compliments that you've received before in colors. And are the compliments about, ah, I like that blue? Or are the compliments, wow, you look amazing in that blue? We want it to be about how great you look in the color versus about if the color is wearing you or if people see the color first. So sometimes we can go into our Rolodex of compliments. Oftentimes I'll have clients mm -hmm. who say, oh my goodness, my husband thinks I look so great in such and such color. Or my best friend tells me that this is a fantastic color for me and I get compliments on that color. And so that can be a starting point for you as you're evaluating your compliments. Um, so think about universal true red as a holiday color, as a festive color, as a really fun, bold color. I think in general, as women, we tend to wear a ton of black. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's like my number one color. It's like the closet. number one thing in the closets. And so we will find in a color analysis, if black is a good color, that's bringing that visibility and looking the best on you. Or if black is draining, black might mm. be diminishing your visibility. It might be a tricky color to wear. And you mm. might find that wearing black below the waist is good in terms of it's further away from your from your face, it's slimming, it's elongating, but maybe you need more color closer to your face. So those would be my suggestions in terms of color. In terms of style, we tend to wear 25% of our closets on repeat and the rest of it is clogging up the works. So if you can look at the pieces in your closet and you can evaluate them on a 10 point scale, one to 10, and you can keep the ones that rate the highest that can help you start to understand, like, what you reach for, what you feel really good in, what is really feeling authentic to you and you feel like your best self in it. And if there's a lot of things where you're kind of lowering the bar and you don't feel awesome in them, they shouldn't be taking up space in your mm -hmm. If they still have the tags on them and it's been more than a week or so, the statistic is pretty grim. Like, oh, my gosh. never going to wear it. I have yeah. so many tagged clothes in the Ew. closet. It's ridiculous. Yeah, because retail is just sowing seeds of confusion. They want you to continue to fill your bag up to, you know, scan your credit card to get more stuff in your closet that just isn't quite right. And you don't know, is it the texture? Is it the color? Is it the cut? Of course, we need 20 pairs of jeans that are not quite right instead yeah. of one pair that really is amazing. So we flip the switch on that through color. I love that. Yeah, I'm I have like probably 25 pairs of jeans. Yeah. And so what's the one you reach for all the time? They feel amazing. <laughs> they feel like they fit you like a glove. Yeah. Those are the ones. So bring to the front the front of your closet. If you've got any that don't fit you, they're too big, they're too small, there's something irritating about them, here. Yeah. I'm going to do that. I started last night. I actually did clean out my closet last night mm -hmm. and I have two bags sitting over there ready for the Goodwill. But 
now with your tips, I'm like, okay, there's about a hundred other pieces of clothing and shoes that I touch. And I was like, eh, that I haven't worn this. I'm probably not going to, but I'm going to keep it just in case, just in case, why just in case I need to wear this little short flouncy white dress and look like I'm one of the Dixie chicks. Just in case that day for the next costume party. Right, exactly. No, I don't. We just have a lot of clothing. Think about it this way. When you go shopping for a couch, you probably know the dimensions of the room it's gonna go in. Mm -hmm. You know the style, you know the color aesthetic of what you're looking for. Mm -hmm. And you're gonna pick one couch. Yeah. Yeah. You're not going to buy one that's too big for this space or too small for this space. And then you're going to build the colors in your room around this couch. Yes. And you're not going to um, buy a couch that's uncomfortable. You're not going to buy a couch that goes well beyond your budget. You're not going to buy a couch that somebody else says they like uh, or you should have in your home if you don't really love it. Yeah. But we don't shop for clothes in the same way that we shop for Mm. furniture. We shop with emotion. We shop because everything's on sale, so we get multiple. Um, We settle. We buy things that are maybe too big or too small versus really making sure that they fit us very well. And we don't think about color at all. And we're usually convinced by the price tag. And the part about that is retail has long suffered, even before the pandemic, everything's on sale. It will be there tomorrow, but we really feel this urge to buy it all of that. And so color and style and the services that I offer really help change that. It, we never learn how to shop. We never learn how to think about our body architecture in a scientific and ju- less judgmental way. We never learn about the color palette that suits us. It's just something we don't think about. Yeah. Um, so it just gives my clients a new lens. So hopefully those are a couple of tricks and tips for, for me. Those are great. And I know that you've now expanded your business to help over a thousand clients. Good for and so you. before we leave, I just want to know what's in your future, Heather, like where are you taking your business and what can your clients and the rest of us expect to see you doing in 2024? Oh, good question. So yes, I'm honored and blessed to have hit this 1000 marker in my business in terms of number of clients that I've seen. I'm limited. I'm somewhat hamstrung. The services that I offer are predominantly in person. I want Mm -hmm. them to be from me. I don't see myself building a team of people around me to extend my personal brand and to do what I do and to love on my clients the way that I do. And so I've worked a lot with a coach for business and a personal coach and also counseling over the last several years. And I've come to terms with the fact that I'm defining success the way that I need to define. I got into this because I didn't want to be working 60, 80 hours a week. So I need to realize that that is a limitation. I have elementary age kids that I want to have the energy and the time to pour into. I uh, want to be able to turn things off. I want to be able to travel. I want to be able to recreate. And so I am limited in terms of the number of clients that I can see. And at the same time, I feel like my services still are needed. So I've seen a thousand people, but there's thousands more who could benefit Mm. from that boost in confidence. There is so much beauty in this world. And truly, 
we need more people to be screaming from the rooftops about how much beauty there is naturally in the people in our lives. There's just so much beauty. And I think that often as women, we find that our light is diminished. We find that something happens to our sparkle. And my goal is to just continue to To continue to help women sparkle. I love that, Heather. Me too. And here I go. They're not tears. They're sparkles falling from your eyes. They're just sparkles. But I just (laughs) was struck by the courageous statement that you are just savoring the moment, right? You are embracing where you are and you're acknowledging what are your limitations and you know, you are crafting, you've said it so many times, the narrative for yourself and that you are satisfied with that narrative and you have really, again, embodied the authenticity that Mm -hmm. you work so hard to help other women find within themselves. And you found it, you found the magic formula to have a balanced life that you love. And I'm just standing in awe of you, my friend. Thank you for sharing that. The feelings mutual. It's been so wonderful to watch you ladies and listen in your trajectory and how far you've taken this podcast and how you continue to grow it with audience and with wonderful nuggets. I just so appreciate all of the takeaways and it's just been a pleasure to watch your journey and your growth. Thank you. If our listener wanted to find you, Heather, and House of Color, how could she do that? So House of Color is a franchise and it's spelled the British way. So C-O-L-O-U-R. And there are 300 people similar to me around the country. So I'm in Denver. I love seeing clients for color and style here. I have clients who travel in from outside areas, people who um, make it a point to come and see me in person. And so I'm always honored when people make that drive or make that flight. And then if you're not able to do that, my colleagues have a similar training. They have a similar skill set and they want to do the same thing. The whole point is we are meant to help our clients cultivate confidence and feel really wonderful in their own skin and feel like they've got that inside track on how to show up and feel their best. Well, thank you so much for sharing again, your words of wisdom, not only in how women can feel more confident, but also the confidence that you've gained along your own personal journey. So we just appreciate so much your, your vulnerability and authenticity. Thank you, ladies. Thank you, Heather. It is time to trumpet. Congratulations, Shelby, on the 100th episode. Yay. We did it. High five. Oh, my gosh. Oh, man, Amazing. Heather. Heather, we're so glad you came back for this milestone and we got to have this great conversation with you. And I really could see Heather's growth from day Mm, one to episode 100. And I I believe she could see our growth as well. It's fun to be able to reflect on that. Thank you, Heather, for doing that with us. So I would like to start out with my first takeaway, which is sometimes we have to start new chapters messy. Yes. And if we are constantly waiting for perfection, we will never get started. So we provide freedom to those around us to fail, but yet we avoid failure ourselves. 
So show yourself the same grace that we show others and just show up, get started and get moving. And sometimes messy can be the most beautiful thing of all. Number two, it's time to operate in your zone of genius. Mm, amen. I think that Heather said that, holy hell, yes, that really stood out to me is just take stock of what you're passionate about and what you do well and do more of those things. You know? mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and I know sometimes it's unavoidable, but you can find the opportunity to delegate or outsource tasks and activities that you're just not effective or efficient at doing so that you can spend more time doing those things that fill your bucket. That's right. That 70-30 principle. Let's yes. all live into it. So our third takeaway is, look, these social narratives that continue to tell us as women over and over and over again that we are not enough, they are a lie. Because alive. baby, you are enough. I am enough. Shelby is enough. And sometimes it just takes having someone, the right people in your life to show you how to lean into your most authentic self, to show you that you are enough, to show you, you are that it girl, you are that boss bitch, you are that bad mama jamma, and you need to start walking in it. It's time. So go find your own little Sherpa of sass and have her come (laughs) whisper in your ear and help you do great things because girl, it is your time. It's your time, girl. And you know what? I also I was brought to tears when you, I was surprised. I here, I here we go. Cue tears. Um, yes. <laughs> but you know, I think Heather said one thing that really stood out to me, and that is that she is happy. She is satisfied with who she is and where she is right now in this moment. And that was such a good and powerful reminder to me. I mean, here we are, Trinity, we're celebrating our 100th episode. And that is such a huge and monumental accomplishment. And we have more to do. But I just want to pause a moment and acknowledge and recognize that I'm so happy to be in this partnership with you. Yes. And to be able to bring value and topics of interest that add meaning to, you know, women everywhere in midlife to create value in your life. And so I just, I'm so happy. I'm embracing where I am right now. And thank you for the reminder, Heather, that we need to do that. And I want you to also embrace who you are and where you are right now. Mm. And we're all here standing in our power together in the middle, doing the best that we can with this life that we're given. And we want you to know that you're not alone and that we're here right beside you. And it's time, girl, to level up and live giant. And if you wanna join us, go find our Facebook community. And as Trinity mentioned, there are big, giant things coming your way with Dear Midlife. And we can't wait to share them with you next week right here in the middle.